Welcome to Garage Takes. We appreciate you joining us tonight. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the show. We greatly appreciate it. Hop over to that YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. We appreciate your support all season long. Uh, it's been just an awesome season to do the podcast. Um, Michigan football, Lions, uh, you know, an hour before we go to record this podcast tonight news breaks about Jim Harbaugh we've got to we've got to talk Harbaugh the future of the Michigan football program we've also got to talk about the the Lions beating the Bucks and you know most importantly playing in the NFC championship game in in San Francisco so um, we will definitely share our thoughts on that game but before we hop into any of those topics Brant want to make sure your mic is working and you're all good how are you man Doing absolutely fantastic. Today is a new day of a new era of Michigan football. It's fantastic. You know, Dave, I was thinking when Harbaugh resigned, somebody said it's been nine years. It doesn't even feel like nine years. Um, But I had a different job. Like, I've been at my job eight years. Like, thinking back how long that's been. Dave, you were kidless. I mean, think about that for a second. Um, I don't know. How long have you been married? Have you been married nine years? Is that... Is that actually- yeah, we're, we're we're coming up on number 10 here in June. Gotcha. So you were at least married by the time Jim Harbaugh got the job. But I mean, a lot of things have changed. So um, this is a, uh, ushering in a new era. And Dave, I know you are just as excited as I am that we get to close the chapter on the Jim Harbaugh era with one beautiful, big national championship bow. So um, yeah, man, I'm doing fantastic. I am as well. Um, I let, let's hop right into to, to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Michigan fans, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button here on the YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate it. Look, it's going to be a mixture of emotions for Michigan fans. Um, it's a mixture of emotions for me. Uh, it is. And I, I'm one side of the coin. I am just grateful for Jim, his time here, the fact that he beat Ohio State the last three years in a row turned the tide of that rivalry, which then in turn turned into three Big Ten championships back to back to back um, and then back to back to back uh, appearances in the college football playoff capped off by the the final year, as we all know, ended in a national championship. So on that side of the coin, look, man, Jim Harbaugh came and set out to do exactly this. He accomplished it. He's following his dream to go back to the NFL and compete for a Super Bowl. I'm happy for him. On the flip side of that coin, for me, it's the unknown that is scary, right? I think the known is that we think we know Sharon Moore is is next in line. Uh, we'll see. That's not been finalized. hasn't even uh, hasn't come out from anywhere from the Michigan Wolverines football program. We'll have to wait and see their timeline for naming a new head coach. Um, but I think it's just the for me, Brant, it's the uncertainty of what's next. Um, and what I mean by that is we had such dark days for so long and the coaching changes after Lloyd Carr left and, uh, you know, the Rich Rod, the Brady hoax. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, we, we cannot go back there. My mental health cannot take it. I cannot, we cannot go back there to that spot. And I don't think we will. But is there that little thought in the back of my mind? Absolutely. It's in the back of all Michigan fans' heads. Like, we know what those days were like. Um, now, we, we, I also believe that there has been a true culture established at the University of Michigan that, 
even as Jim Harbaugh leaves, I think that this program is is running like a well-oiled machine. They're teed up to compete every single year. I don't think that's going to change, but is there some uncertainty? Yeah. Is there an uneasiness knowing that it sounds like Jesse Minter is going to follow Jim Harbaugh, you know, to the NFL? Absolutely. Like, you know, this coaching staff, this is what really turned the tide in, in 2021. You know, after the abysmal 2020 season, Jim Harbaugh went and hit the reset button, brought in a new coaching staff and completely flipped the culture around. Now, the true testament to any culture is when when the leaders leave, does the culture live on? And I believe, for one, that they have done that. And and we will we will live to, to see that in a matter of months and we'll have to see how things shake out. But I, I do feel good about the way uh, Jim Harbaugh has left this football program. But I understand it's going to be a mixed bag of emotions for Michigan fans. And so, Brant, those are my thoughts. What's going through your head right now? I'm not in shock. I'm not in disbelief. I, I'm I'm happy. I'm so happy. I'm still riding the high of the national championship, Dave. And I think you texted me earlier, build the statue. Get the statue up. He deserves it. He's earned it. Jim Harbaugh delivered on everything that he said he was going to. Um, you know, I had to quickly, before we got on here, I had to listen to some national pundits and, um, on the cover three podcast, uh, that that's a CBS, uh, situation there. Um, you know, a, one of the guys was like, you know what? You can either hate or love Jim Harbaugh, but you got to admit his time at Michigan. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to cover. He was quirky. He's weird. He has great sound bites. He's like, we're thankful as college football fans. I mean, these are not Michigan fans, but he's like, I'm thankful that I cover college football and we had a dude like Jim Harbaugh in the game that really great football coach, one, but also always delivered, um, you know, was in the news, whatever. Um, and to see him climb the mountain that – he didn't get it done for the Super Bowl to see him win the national championship. It just like it was like kind of a feel good story kind of at the end, Dave, that he took his alma mater, got it back to where he thought it should be. And now he walks out the door with it in a, such a better spot. And he touched on the culture and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic for him, Dave. Like, um, I think he's earned this opportunity. I think he'll do well with the Chargers. I think it's a weirdly good fit for Jim Harbaugh to land with the Chargers. One, the Chargers are kind of a weird, quirky franchise as it is anyway. They're the number two team out there. Um, you know, I think Jim Harbaugh will do well um, in Los Angeles with, with the Chargers. But as, as far as what it means for Michigan, Sharon Moore, more than likely will be offered the job and he will step in seamlessly. I believe that to be true. And I expect um, – Maybe I don't expect to be an 11-win team next year, and that's completely okay, but I expect things to still be going in the right direction. I don't expect to blow out loss to Ohio State. I don't expect to blow out loss uh, to Oregon or or something or, or to Texas to get beat by four or five touchdowns. Like those, those types of things, I think, like you said, in the Brady Hoke era, the Rich Rod era, those things aren't going to happen now. Um, the recruiting is too good. The transfer portal is too good. The NIL situation at Michigan is too good. Um, and I think those guys, the, the coaches there now have learned under Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, how to run a program and what it should look like. And I expect this program to, to not exactly, um, miss a beat 
as they move forward without Jim Harbaugh. And I, and one of the other things, um, you know, that, that they said on the, on the national show was it's nobody can deny this. It was a resounding success. Like it is an absolute 100% success story for Jim Harbaugh. And boy, Dave, three years ago, it did not look that way. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm smiley because like, even saying that out loud, it still feels a little bit surreal. Like it's a resounding success. There isn't, it's not 99% successful. It's 100% successful. And I know Dave, if you want to touch on this right now, we can or whatever, but you know, he walks out the door with the, the allegations still lingering over the head, the black cloud over the program still. I think that takes some of the sting out of what the NCAA might do to Michigan. I think Jim Harbaugh's kind of done them a favor by sliding to the side and kind of taking one for the team to say, hey, if they were going to come after me, they might dock you a few scholarships, but they, they'll probably leave you alone overall. Your thoughts on that? I agree. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, he, he did. I think the NCAA's pressure and heat that they're going to bring on to to Michigan, because this is not the the end of the sign stealing stuff or or what have you. Um, there, there's still more more to come. I do think it lessens the blow. They've wanted this has not been an NCAA against the University of Michigan thing, as some people might think it feels at times. This is the NCAA hunt on uh, on Jim Harbaugh. And and that's what I, and, and and who did they want all along? They they wanted Jim Harbaugh, and um, you know they got him in a sense, but in another way, Jim got them, and he got the last laugh. Um, he you know he suspended for for half of the season. Um, they couldn't quite get rid of him, and you know he comes in and. It was unanimous. That's a 15 and 0 season, even after the 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 sign stealing saga, and undefeated national champions in a uh, in a blowout national championship game that turned into in the last couple of minutes. Look, Jim's gonna get, say peace out on the way out. I'm off to the NFL. As John Harbaugh kind of made a joke about the the sign stealing stuff to the media uh, after after their most recent win in the playoffs, he, he mentioned scouting and, and looking at everything teams do. And he said, "By the way, you could do that in uh, in professional football." And he kind of chuckles and laughs. And so, look, everyone—it's not a chuckling or a laughing situation, but look, it, it became that towards the end. And do I think the question for me that I that I pose and I just will always kind of wonder is. Um, do I think that Jim Harbaugh wants to win a Super Bowl and that's the main motivation for him to go back to the NFL? Absolutely. He wouldn't have flirted with it basically every year since he's been here if he wasn't interested in it. Um, I do wonder if the NCAA wasn't coming so hard at him over this past year, you know, and he's just coming fresh off a national championship. There is no cloud over him, the program. Like, I do wonder if he's more inclined to stay at Michigan and see this thing through and try to win multiple national championships. Maybe. Um, but, you know, I we'll, we'll never know that. You know, I, I don't even know if those closest to Jim Harbaugh will ever know that because Jim is one of one for better or worse. So, um, Brant, any final thoughts on Jim Harbaugh before we shift into the Lions? No, I just think it's super important to remember 
how how different that team looked from 2014 to 2015. And even though they lost to Utah in Jim Harbaugh's first game, how different it looked. They just looked more physical. They looked like they had their stuff together from a program that didn't have their stuff together. I'll be interested to see in um, Michigan's first game against Fresno State, while not a great team in Fresno State, like a good football team that you need to be prepared for. Um, and then obviously week two against Texas, you'll find out in those first two games, if the Jim Harbaugh culture is standing strong, or if we're doing some sort of crazy sort of stuff that maybe we, we, we shouldn't expect to see, but Dave, we have six, seven months to go over all of that. We will get into all that. Hey, my last question for you. Sorry. I did want to ask this is, is there a name outside of Sharon Moore that you have interest in bringing in as the next head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, or is it Sharon or bust for you? I I would take a look at some candidates. I really would. I think you need to do your due diligence. I I don't know if you bring in a guy. I've heard I've heard the name Brian Kelly for whatever reason. I have no interest in Brian Kelly, Dave. And I know you don't either. But I I think you do need to kick, kick the tires on some folks. I'm not talking Deion Sanders stuff. I'm talking about young. Decent coordinators, uh, coaches, and whether you give them the job or not, at least get them in the door. And maybe Sharon could use them after you interview them as offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. Bring in some guys, get to know some culture, like see if their culture ideals match your culture ideals, and kind of use the head coaching search as as a coordinator um, fill in potentially. I think. Yeah, I think Michigan is most definitely going to do that. Um, I, I think that's going to be the process. That's what good organizations do. You're going to leave no stones unturned. You don't want to leave somebody that's out there that's the you know the next big thing in college football. You don't want to miss out on that. So do your homework. Uh, for me, as it stands today, right now on January 24th, I, there's no name. There's not a name that's out there in my head that I'm like, intrigued by outside of to me the the safe bet the Jim was already handing the keys over to Sharon this year uh for me Sharon's the guy I'm not saying you don't do your homework absolutely go do it but he's he knows the culture he's been the culture you talk about a team that has been built in the trenches nobody knows the trenches better than Sharon Moore. And um, I, I just think that he's the perfect candidate. You know, he's not even 40 years old yet. He has got a, he's got a lot of career ahead of him. And I, I think he could make this thing his own. I think, look, those that have this vision of like, well, well now Harbaugh leaves, is Michigan going to turn the page into like the 21st century of college football? Nope. I don't believe that. I think if it's Sharon Moore, um, they're going to continue to run the football. They're going to continue to be tough in the trenches. And, you know, as long as they retain Ben Herbert and from a strength and conditioning standpoint, I think you're going to see the exact same identity that you saw under Jim Harbaugh. Brant, your final thoughts before we move on. Yeah. And, and Dave, um, just Sharon Moore, um, just, just keeping the recruiting, you know, the recruiting in the transfer portal, you're going to keep a lot of those recruits. If if you go step in line with Sharon Moore, Jim Harbaugh's probably already laid out that plan for most of these recruits. Hey, if I'm not here, it's going to be Sharon. You probably don't have to worry about that. That would be my guess that you don't see the recruiting fall off and, and a bunch of guys defect, much like you saw with Alabama. Well, Brant, the Detroit Lions advanced to the NFC championship game in a – uh, well, they were up by a couple of touchdowns, and then it became a game 
again, I mean, it was a close game throughout, but uh, the Bucks get it within eight points, and you're watching that thing going, oh, my. Baker's got the ball, and he was he played tough that entire game. Now, he made some bad decisions, but I I was nervous right up until that, uh, that interception from Derek Barnes. And then, man, I think emotions just poured through all of uh, Ford Field where it was like, I think that for me, just watching it, it felt like the Lions, that game went from being the Cinderella story, not like the, oh my God, nobody thought they could do this, but the the feel good, oh, the Lions, they're finally here, they finally won a playoff game to being like, oh no, the, the Lions deserve, they are one of the four best teams in all of football. And I feel very, very confident saying that, that this team, not perfect. They are flawed, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but they're built to win. I think they could beat anybody. And I thought it was a huge win. Ford Field was out of control. And uh, Brant, I want to know your your thoughts on that. Not, not even just that game, but just what this means for the Lions uh, making it to the NFC Championship. And before we even start talking about the matchup against the 49ers, which we will get into next, just want to know your your thoughts of what this means. Um, and also, for those of you that are tuned in here on YouTube, do me a huge favor, hop over, hit that subscribe button for us. Brant, let me know your thoughts. That, that to me, Dave, was Dan's defining moment. <clears throat> I, I think that that was the nail in the coffin of SOL. I think that was the final burial to all things old Lions. Um, now that you've made the NFC Championship game, it doesn't matter what happens from here on out, Dave. I know Lions fans might get upset, whatever. Hey, we have to win the Super Bowl. This is our time. I, I totally get that. I, I totally understand, and, and absolutely they're going for it. Don't don't question that. They're all in to win this, and they, they believe in that locker room. They believe they can win the Super Bowl. There's no doubt to me about it. They've already beat the Chiefs. You know, they had it handed to them by the Ravens, but that revenge game coming in hot. Um, I, I believe that everything that happens from here on out, Dave, should be, as a fan, just a cherry on top kind of a situation. And – the 49ers are a good football team, and we all understand that. But this is this is why you win a game against the Bucs. Like, you now are the upper echelon of the NFC. You are one of the top two teams, clearly, and nobody can dispute that. This, this, this turnaround that Dan Campbell has completed in the last three years is nothing short of basically a miracle. Um, and it was a culmination of a lot of hard work from those guys. And you can see it, whether you watched hard knocks, whether you watch every single Sunday, you see these guys grinding their faces off and it's not perfect. Dave, you already said it. It, it was not pretty exactly against the bucks and it wasn't pretty against the Rams either, but this team is finding ways to win. And that's a scary team to play. Now, what it means overall for this franchise is that you don't have to go back. You don't have to go back to SOL. If you if you start next season four and five, you should still be like, nope, we've been to the NFC Championship game. These guys know what it takes to to turn this around. I believe in them. There is no more, eh, well, you're four and five. Now we're going to lose our next six or seven. Like you can just bank on it. This team's going to go in the toilet. I think that this is a complete and total culture turnaround for this franchise. I do too. And Brant, I, I feel like the lions look, why not the lions? I, I, I'll just start with that. 
the more and more I think about this, why not Detroit? I think that it is so hard in this league to get to where the Lions are right now. Brant, I feel incredibly confident in saying the Lions will be a more talented football team in the 2024-2025 season. That does not even remotely guarantee that the Lions get back to the NFC Championship game. This is a hard, hard league to win in. And they've done it this year. And they've they've done it not always the, the, the prettiest, but they've always done it the grittiest. And that's the Dan Campbell way. And it's working. And there are some coaches, there are some organizations that put out these you know, these identities of the team where they speak it, they say it, and very few teams, very few coaches actually live it and bring that out. From the minute Dan Campbell had his first presser here that went viral for the stuff he said, people laughed at it, they mocked it. He was a tight end, tight ends coach coming from New Orleans, no head coach experience, and it was like, okay, you're going to have Jared Goff for a little bit. Dan Campbell's clearly like the middle guy here of this whole like rebuilding process. And then you'll get your real coach. Well, that never happened because Dan Campbell's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I feel very confident in saying that. Listen to these players after the game. Frank Ragnow, who, by the way, looked like he died out on the field. Like his knee gets bent in. He goes down. His ankles jacked up. Frank Ragnall comes back out and plays like tough, hard nosed football player. That's what the city of Detroit just embodies and loves. Jared Goff. Jared Goff looks like a different quarterback than he was with the LA Rams. And I think that when I listened to those two guys in particular after this game, and they both said this, they've never been around a better leader than Dan Campbell. And I think Frank Ragnall was the one who said, it's like, look, he not only does he have the respect of every player in that locker room, but he's a motivator and what, and he means what he says. And we all know it. He's like, I've I've been around a lot of people, a lot, a lot of different coaches, position coaches, all of that. I've never been around a better leader than Dan Campbell. Brand, that's a veteran in this league signing off on you. Uh, like that. I mean, I think, I think that uh, that just says so much about where this thing is. Now we have talked, we have talked so much this year about the cohesiveness of Sheila to Brad Holmes, to Dan Campbell, but I completely agree with what you said, Brent. I think this was the Dan Campbell defining moment. I do. It's like, it's not, it's gone from being the feel good. Oh my gosh, you got the win. You beat Stafford back in Detroit and that whole uh, storyline and Jared Goff beating his old team to be like, oh no, you went in and took care of business again by beating a very hot Bucks team. And now you're one game away from playing in a Super Bowl. Why not Detroit? Why not Detroit? Brant, any other thoughts on that before we hop in and talk about this 49ers matchup? Nope, okay. I'm all set. We've got to talk Lions 49ers now. NFC Championship in San Francisco is going to be an absolute dogfight. Hey, if you haven't done so already, Lions fans or 49ers, you listen to this right now, do me a huge favor. Hop over, hit that subscribe button here on YouTube. 
This is going to be a great game. This is the Lions who have not been here before against the Niners who have been here a lot uh, in, in recent years under Kyle Shanahan. And you could almost argue, I don't even think it's an argument. I, I think it's a fact. I think the pressure, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm out of pocket here, the pressure seems like it's on the 49ers to win this game. The Lions come into this thing. The last I saw, they were, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the 49ers were a touchdown favorite. And I, I, I don't believe that's changed. I think that line will stay right around there. Look, the Lions, I, I don't think it's a disrespect by Vegas by all. I mean, the 49ers are a very good football team. They're here for a reason as the number one seed. Yeah, they had a dip for a few games in the middle of the season, but they're the they're the top team in the NFC. Very similar to what we said when Michigan played Alabama and they didn't play Florida State. It was like, okay, you want to be the best? Go and beat the best. What did the Michigan Wolverines did? They went and beat the best. That's what the Lions are tasked with right now. Um, are they the best team in the NFC? I'm not sitting here and saying no. I, I am going to say you've got an opportunity to go prove it. In San Francisco, um, we're going to get in here in a moment. We're going to talk about the matchup, what we like, what we don't like. But uh, I, this is this is no longer a feel good story. It, it's not. This is a football game that needs to be played between two very good football teams, and I'm beyond excited for it. So, Brand, I'll I'll pose this to you. What what are you seeing on both sides of the football here? Uh, between the Lions and the 49ers, what sticks out to you? Um, and not even necessarily as like a Lions fan or anything like that, but what just sticks out to you from this football game? What do you think will be some keys of this game? So, Dave, a couple of the keys is, uh, first of all, let's address the 900-pound elephant in the room, which is the Lions secondary. It's been bad. We know it's been bad, and the Lions know it's bad. And who can't take advantage of it? I'm not sure the 49ers can take advantage of it. They're not built that way. They don't want to play that way. Debo Samuel sitting with there with a Q by his name could could be a major factor in missing this game. And Debo Samuel's not running deep routes anyway. He's a guy that'll run over the middle for you. Um, you know, uh, George Kittle, he's going to run over the middle for you. Uh, Ayuk, he's there. He's their outside threat, but he often doesn't catch 40, 50 yard bombs. Um, you know, Ray, Ray McLeod, he, he kind of took over the Debo Samuel role. They don't run him out of the backfield, but they, they sure do like to run him in the slot um, a whole heck of a lot. And he's a good football player. Um, he's your punt returner, kick returner. He does all of those types of things. So I think that if you can find a way to pressure Purdy, so that's the second key here. You've got to be able to pressure Purdy, which Detroit has been able to do. Dave, how many times did we see a corner blitz last week? How many times did we see an outside blitz? Um, and who was it almost every single time? It's either Brian Branch, which is 90% of the time, or C.J. Gardner-Johnson. It's one of those two that they're going to be bringing the blitz with. And, or Melifanu, too. They, they oh, use Melifanu, yeah. too. Yeah, a, a little bit, but it it, it, it is... It is coming from all the different directions, and you don't know when it's coming. They do a great job of disguising it. And the 49ers offensive line is good, and I believe that they are experienced enough. And I, I think this is something that is underrated in Brock Purdy's game is he does actually a really good job at the line. He does a great job of lining up his protections. He always seems to have the offense rolling in, in, in the correct direction, 
Um, he doesn't get for as not talented as he maybe be, is. He is pretty cerebral. Like he's a smart kid. He understands how to run the offense uh, and he does exactly what Kyle Shanahan needs him to do. Dave, we all know the X factors, Christian McCaffrey, that dude could either put three touchdowns on you um, or, or basically one touchdown. I mean, he's, he's going to find the end zone one way or another. It feels like, um, but, but he's the guy that you got to bottle up. If you can keep him under, let's say 120 all purpose yards, that would be a major win for the Detroit lions. Uh, Dave, I have a simple question for you. I know you asked me uh, the keys to the game. I have a very, very simple question for you. Who's the better football team? Well, I I, I think the total package-wise has got to be the 49ers. I know that's maybe not what you were expecting me to say right there. Um, I I think that – No, but I respect it. I respect it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I just think when you when you look roster top to bottom, Dave, I, I, know, I know you know that um, – Missing a guy like Debo Samuel can be important, and that may sway it in the Lions' favor. But you think, as a full football roster, that the 49ers are are the better team, and I, and I can respect that. I do because of, and, and we haven't talked about this yet, but I think it's their it's their defense. You know, they between. I mean, dude, when I go through the 49ers' defense, and and I will circle this back around to talk about some some Lions here, but. When I look at even their linebackers with Greenlaw and Warner, I mean, and they have, they've been like middle of the road with, with stopping the run this year, but those guys are two. I mean, that linebacker room right there is one in the the best in the NFL. I look at their D line, they've got um, Armstead and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Kinlaw in, in the inside. Those guys are tough. Like we always talk about Bosa and like Chase Young and that trade, those guys on the interior are tough. So now, I mean, you're talking about a, a very tough uh, front seven and, you know, it, Ward out there as a DB as well. And I know Ambry Thomas has gotten burnt, you know, go blue uh, a, a, few, a few times. But, man, I just defensively, that's where I think it's it's huge. I think it's advantage 49ers, and I don't think it's particularly close in that sense. I do think, though, I think the Lions are going to be able to run the football. Uh, I, I think that they'll find some success with that. They need to find it early on. And I think that they're going to be able to do what it is they like to do. And I don't think this Niners defense is necessarily going to shut the Lions out. I think this Lions offense is 1,000% legit. I mean, you want to talk about an offense that's better than, than San Francisco's or at least passes the eye test that way? Uh, for me, I would say advantage Lions when it comes to the offense. But I think the advantage on defense is a little bit larger between those two. And that's why I think that the 49ers are a more complete team. Um, Debo Samuel, I will be shocked if he does not play. I know he's a big X factor right now. I don't know what's going on with that shoulder. I'll be shocked if he doesn't play. I think it changes their entire offense. It does. Um, and I think that that's going to force them very similar to what happened last week. They're going to want to throw Christian McCaffrey the ball. Not that they don't when, when Debo is healthy, he's a part of their offense there, but they're going to rely on a lot of those checkdowns. Um, and I know people will laugh about the checkdowns and that's what Purdy kind of gets hammered for. Look, I, I am not a, a Brock Purdy hater by any means. Do I think he's a top tier quarterback in the NFL? No. Um, do I think he's middle of the road and can win football games? I do. And you know what? Jared Goff has been labeled as well throughout his career, and it seems to be working just fine. So I'm not on the uh, 
you know, I, I would give the advantage to Jared Goff over Brock Purdy, but I mean, I don't think it's significant by, by any means. Um, I do think that the lions just in the secondary and Brant, you kind of alluded to this. They don't, the Niners do not want to stretch the field the same way that these teams have recently against the Lions, which is, um, you know, sending guys up the sideline and bombing it up there. Mike Evans is torching you and CeeDee Lamb is and Justin Jefferson and all these guys. Um, It's not that Brandon Ayuk can't or, you know, Debo can't, but they don't they don't use them that way. And so it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit more friendly for how this Lions defense is built, or at least for where their weaknesses are. I do think that's better than where they've been in the past. But, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, It it, it certainly is. But I, I think that on offense, I think the Lions are. 1000% 1000% legit. I worry about the injury to Jonah Jackson. Um, I, I, I think that is that that's a big one. We know Frank Rag now is dinged up. I mean, heck, everybody is, but I named who's on that defensive line for the Niners. They're going to that O line is going to have to be the top three, four O line that they've been pegged as all year long, even with the injuries. If they hold up, if the offensive line holds up and they can win in the trenches, once I, I said in the last segment, Brant, why not Detroit? Why not Detroit? I know I'm giving Niners the flowers right now, but do I think this team is beatable? I do. Um, did I watch them be down a touchdown to a Packers team that was kind of the the feel good? Oh wow, story of the NFC. I I did. Now they won that game to their credit, um, but they're beatable. And I mean, the Lions are beatable as well, obviously, but I just think that I'm not going into this game being like, oh man, we'll be lucky to beat the Niners. Like, I don't feel like it's that. I don't feel like we're playing the uh, the Georgia, right, of college football in like 2021 or whatever. Um, I, I think the Niners are, are a beatable team. What, what else do you see from the Lions that sticks out to you? And, and actually... Who are the key players that you think are going to need to step up to have to have the kind of game that's going to on both sides of the football for the Lions that will be the difference makers and and could lead them to a win over the Niners? Who are those guys for you, Brant? Well, Dave, I hate to come on here and just state the obvious, but this is going to be Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery's finest moment, I think. I, I think that whoever wins the rushing battle is going to win this game. I, I think this is going to be a little bit more old school slobber knocker, knockdown, drag out kind of affair here. Both of these teams feel like they want to run the ball. Both of these teams want to um, establish the line of scrimmage. And that's what championship games should come down to, right? Um, I believe that uh, the, the, the running game for the Lions is better than overall than what the 49ers bring to the table. But you have to remember how they use Christian McCaffrey. It is a completely different beast than how they use Debo Samuel. It's a lot of screen stuff. It's a lot of eye candy. And Kyle Shanahan, again, okay. <laughs> this is a Sean McVay tree, right? Like, um, you know, the, the, Dan Campbell could easily get out coached in this game. And that's, that's one thing that is still real here, Dave. Like, there's going to be no team grittier than the Lions. There's going to be t- no team tougher than nails than the Lions. But that doesn't mean that Sean Mc- or that Kyle Shanahan hasn't seen something that he's already got schemed up, cooking up in the lab. 
Like that's a dude that's a straight up genius to me. And I know Ben Johnson is the next wonderkin. I get that. And that's fantastic. And maybe he's already got, got something schemed up, but I love the, the Gibbs Montgomery train right now. Gibbs was fantastic on Sunday. I mean, just absolutely came out of his shell, but I do. Okay. And I do like how you touched on the 49ers defense earlier, because don't fool yourself. This Buccaneers defense is not even close to what you're going to see on Sunday in the 49ers defense. I don't think they're going to give way exactly how, how the Bucks gave up chunk plays on the ground to the lions. However, I think they can be had like, but you got, you got to sustain drives. And, and if it gets into the fourth one and the fourth and twos, we already know Dan's got the dice out. He's ready to roll baby. So I think that's what it simply comes down to. And the 49ers beat a really good Packers team. And I can't believe I'm saying that Dave, but that was a really good Packers team. Um, By the end of the year, nobody wanted to play them. I think we'd be sitting here saying the same thing about the Packers if the Packers were coming to Ford Field. We wouldn't feel comfortable with that game. It would definitely be a toss-up type of game. So uh, Jordan Love in the waning moments makes a terrible throw to cost that game and kind of gave the 49ers the win there. I don't expect Jared Goff to do anything silly like that. He's too seasoned of a guy. He is is too – he's too smart to do something like that. And Jared Goff has had his bad moments. I understand that. But – he is on a playoff run right now that he feels like he's oozing confidence. And I like that from the quarterback position. And I, I just love I love the X factor of having Gibbs and Montgomery being able to outrush the 49ers. And I expect that to happen, actually. Yeah, I, I think that uh, this is going to be – look, I just think this is going to be a great game. I do. I, I think this is going to be a really great football game. I think it will – it, it will be the uh, the game of the weekend be, between the two. I know people are excited to see Chiefs and Ravens and, and that matchup. I I think this is the game of the weekend. I think the Lions are going to surprise some people. I think the – I don't want to call the seven-point spread uh, disrespectful, but it feels slightly disrespectful um, because I think this Lions team is for real. I also just – I'm, I'm wondering if there is any pressure on – on Kyle Shanahan, and maybe I should ask Gage this as a as a Niners fan, but you know, having been here to this spot, and it, like you wonder if uh, if Dan Campbell does get the best of him, or you know, has a gets a little riskier on calls or what have you, and it tends to go the Lions' way, and he quote unquote out coaches Kyle Shanahan. You know, you you wonder what that what that narrative becomes, but I I, I do like I, I I like the Lions to hang tight in this game, and I know we're going to make our predictions here in the uh, the next the next betting segment. So, Brant, I will let you lead us into that. Dave, since we've done so much Lions 49ers, let's stick right there. Let's just do it right now. Let's talk. Let's let's do the seven point spread. Who do you like? You understand why it's seven points? You know, obviously it's on the road. Um, 49ers, you kind of touched on it. Vegas obviously feels like they're a more complete team. Do you see the 49ers at the end of the day covering the seven points? Wouldn't surprise me if they did, but there's no way in the world that I'm picking that to happen. I I, I will take the Lions plus seven, and I don't I'm, I can't say at this point that they're going to surprise some people because I, I don't think it will surprise – many people if the Lions win this game. I do think that the Lions have earned their respect nationally of of people. We went through the the matchup and and what needs to happen for the Lions to win this game. 
I've said it several times on this podcast, Brant, and it's kind of my mantra for this point of the season. Why not Detroit? Why not Detroit? Um, I feel very confident in this football team. And look, until I see them lose in the postseason under this Dan Campbell regime, bring them to me. Like, give me the Lions. I will take the Lions in this game. And I feel confident saying that. Lions in the Super Bowl. I'm speaking it into existence. What about can you? I, can I get a score prediction from my guy over there? I thought you were going to say, can I get an amen? I was going to, amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need a score prediction. Uh, what's that over under sitting at? I have not looked at this. Just give me a second here. It is 50 and a half. 50 and a half. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to take the the over here. Oh, okay. And you like points. I do. I am going to go 30 to 28. All right. Mm-hmm. Jake Moody, money Moody. Not so money on the last kick of the game as Purdy brings him down the field and Moody's got a chance to win it. Wide left. I'll take the Lions 30 to 28. What about you? If you were to put that bet down as a parlay, Dave, 20 bucks to get you a hundred. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Um, I am going to rock with um, the Lions to, to, uh, I'm going to take the Lions with seven points. They have just been too good. They have just been a pain in the butt for everybody all year, obviously, and not just a pain in the butt. They've been the better team in a lot of their football games. I like the Lions to win this outright. I don't like 30 to 28. I like something more along the lines of 21 to 17. I will take the Lions to defeat the 49ers. And it has more to do with, and I think this is absolutely a huge deal. If Debo Samuel misses this game, that is highly, highly important. I I, I just can't stress how important that is. Um, Also, it's the year of Michigan, man. I don't know what it is, but the mojo seems to be on their side. Let's get the Lions to the Super Bowl, man. I'm fully bought in. I have poured the Kool-Aid. I'm giving it to my son tonight. Um, we are we are all in on the Lions. As Garage Takes Podcast, we are all in, man. Let's go, Lions. Um, all right, Dave. Let's do Chiefs and Ravens. Um, we have the Ravens favored by three and a half at home. This will be Patrick Mahomes' second playoff uh, road playoff game. Dave, I don't know if you saw last week, but the Chiefs, they're, they are a freight train, man. They are an organization from top to bottom that know what they're doing. Patrick Mahomes, I hate him. I'll say it on the podcast. I don't like him, but I respect him. I respect what he does in the locker room. I respect how he leads his team. I do not like Travis Kelsey very much either, but dang, dude, when it comes to getting the job done, they get it done. That was a huge win in Buffalo. Uh, three and a half point underdogs this weekend. And look, Brant, the Ravens get Mark Andrews back. How about that? I was not expecting that injury update today. I think that's a huge piece. Um, I mean, that's honestly the, the that's Lamar's favorite target right there com- coming I, back. And Isaiah Likely's really good too. So now he's now a weapon as well. Sure is. Sure is. That being said, I'm going to take the Chiefs plus three and a half. I am hoping and praying that it is the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I cannot, I cannot, cannot deal with a Super Bowl 
from 6.30 p.m. until 11 or 11.30 p.m. with that many panovers to Taylor, to Jason Kelsey, and all the stories that come. I, I can't, I cannot do it. Cannot do it. But you said it, Brant. The Chiefs just, dude, they just win. And they're just, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's the playoffs and it, I think this ends up being a close game. I I do think and I hope that the Ravens pull this out. The Ravens have been, in my opinion, the best team in football all year. Um, I'd put them above the, 40, the 49ers. Um, I think Lamar has had uh, an MVP season. I don't think that they have blinked once. I mean, the things I don't talk about the Ravens like – J.K. Dobbins, people remember that name. He's supposed to be the Ravens running back one that they lose him every year, either in training camp or in like the first game of the year. They lose their starting running back. Okay, no problem. Next guy up, Gus Edwards. Oh, and Lamar runs for like 100 yards a game. And they lose Mark Andrews. Like they're all pro tight end, Lamar's favorite weapon. Does anybody bat an eye? Nope. Very well coached defense. Shout out Mike McDonald. I just think the Ravens are the best team in, in football um, as it stands today. And I hope that they get this done. But I do think that the Chiefs keep this within three. I think that half a point is just a little bit of a, a hanger for, for, for people. What about you, Brant? Chiefs 27, Ravens 19. I I, I don't want to do it either, Dave. I, I really don't. I I would love to see Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Shout out to Curdy. Uh, believe me, I, I would love to see it as well. There's something about there's something to be said about championship pedigree, and they have it. And Lamar has folded in big games. I understand he got it done last weekend, but have you seen CJ Stroud in the cold? I have too many times, uh, and he shrinks up and he doesn't play any good when he's outside. <laughs> that dude needs home playoff games for sure. Um, I don't know what to expect from the Ravens this weekend, Dave. But you know what I do expect from the Chiefs. An absolutely machine product that that can be beat. Like I'm not saying that that this is a surefire, um, you know, if you're going to have three and a half, you have to bet it type deal. But I, I love the three and a half, and I like them to win outright, Dave. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you are going to get the Taylor Swift Super Bowl that you've always dreamed of um, since you were a little boy. So this is going to be cool for you. <laughs> um, so. I, I do have to give what I do have to give one more shout out to Chad Dude Russell for um, hooking up this apparel. I, I know if you're on the YouTube channel, you can see it. Um, it's it's absolutely fantastic, man. We appreciate it. Dave's got one coming his way too. So um, shout out to Chad and uh, thank you for being a loyal listener. And if there's anything that we can do for you in the future, you just let us know, man. Yeah, shout out Chad. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for for hooking us up that way. Make sure that you uh, let us know your the the company name as well, so we can give them a shout out here uh, live on on the podcast. On that note, uh, Lions to the Super Bowl, speaking into existence. We appreciate you sticking with us here on Garage Takes. Make sure if you have not done so already, you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, and hop over to that YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button there as well. And better yet, hop into the comments and let's go back and forth a little bit. We greatly appreciate your support. And we will see you all next week. Powered by Riverside.